It's the 15th of April in the year of our salvation, 2007. It's the second Sunday of Easter, Dominica in Albis. And this is a podcast with Father Z. another podcast. I took a break for a few days after uh, the big days of Holy Week and of Easter because I got a terrible cold on top of these uh, little allergies that I have right now. I was terribly clogged up and frankly this uh, podcast would have sounded absolutely ridiculous. That would have sounded more ridiculous even than usual. So I had a little break. But now in Easter week, uh, we've had some lovely weather, and we have come to Dominica in Albis, the second Sunday of Easter, also called Divine Mercy Sunday. And we're having as our guest today St. Augustine of Hippo, who died in 430. Uh, today's uh, Office of Readings has a selection from a homily that he delivered in around, we think, maybe around the year 397, at least very early in his career as Bishop in Hippo Regius in North Africa. And this was a, a homily that he delivered on the octave of Easter to the Infantes. We're going to hear this, and I'll also talk about uh, the presentation of the Holy Father's brand new book, Jesus of Nazareth, and something about the homily that he gave today during Holy Mass out in St. Peter's Square. In the post-conciliar calendar, today is the second Sunday of Easter, and sometimes it's called Thomas Sunday because of the gospel reading about dotting Thomas, the apostle, and sometimes it's called Quasimodo Sunday for the first word of the opening chant and the intro it, which is taken from the first letter of Peter. And Now it's often called Mercy Sunday because of the emphasis on the merciful dimension of God's redemptive act, which is celebrated at Easter. Uh, The new collect uh, for today's Mass, based on a prayer which is in the old Missale Gothicum, uh, this new collect that's found in the the Novus Ordo missals, that is, you know, the missal from 1970 and the subsequent editions, uh, always begins by calling God merciful. And in the 2002 Missali Romanum, the third edition, uh, we find the specific label for the Sunday, Dominica Secunda Pasque, Seude Divina Misericordia. And this was something that John Paul II wanted. As a matter of fact, today in his Mass uh, in St. Peter's Square, 
our Holy Father, Pope Benedict, who tomorrow celebrates his 80th birthday, and today was a Mass in, in as much in honor of his 80th birthday as it was for Mercy Sunday, talked about how uh, the, the late Holy Father wanted to have the Sunday known as uh, Divine, you know, Divine Mercy Sunday. Now, uh, since ancient times, however, this Sunday was called Dominica in Albis, or also Dominica in Albis Depositis, the Sunday of the white robes having been taken off. Because the first Peter, chapter 2, that I was talking about earlier, when, you know, the beginning of the, the intro at chant, first uh, Peter says, Like newborn babes, infantes, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation, for you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. I remember when we hear these introit chants, uh, sometimes we get just a little bit of a verse, but you're supposed to know, you see, Scripture well enough, that when you hear that little bit of Latin in a chant, you're supposed to remember the whole psalm, because sometimes it's actually something later on in the chapter, or later on in the psalm, that you know really is the important point. But in any event, today's Mass... Uh, for Divine Mercy Sunday, Dominican Albis, Low Sunday sometimes it's called, begins with an exhortation of the newly baptized who in the early church were called infantes, like infants, little babies. And the infantes wore their white baptismal robes for the whole octave period after Easter. And it was during this time that their bishop would give them special catechesis about the sacred mysteries uh, which they had not been trained in before baptism. All sorts of things about prayer and the Christian life and what was going on in the liturgy. And on this Sunday, then, the octave, they removed their robes, which was, uh, which were then deposited. For example, in, the in Augustine's time in North Africa, the, their white robes would be deposited in the cathedral treasury as a perpetual witness to the vows they had, they had made in their new status in the church. And, uh, you know, sometimes we, we use eggs and so forth as symbols of Easter. And I guess it's appropriate because it always has to do with rebirth, almost like coming out of a tomb, right? But if an egg is a symbol of Easter birth, then on this Sunday, the infantes were then thought to be kind of out of the nest of the bishop, uh, so to speak. And they were ready to fly on their own. And in a sermon for this Sunday... St. Augustine of Hippo uh, compares the newly baptized to little birds about to fly from the nest for the first time, while the mother bird, in other words, he himself, the bishop, like the mother bird, is flapping and chirping noisily to encourage them to, to get on and get on with their lives, but on with their lives flying now, getting on in the right way. So let's hear some of this wonderful sermon that we have uh, from the second reading for the Office of Readings. It's sermon number 260A in the critical editions of Augustine's sermons. And you'll hear in it some uh, wonderful imagery, the way that the bishop, uh, old Augustine, talks about his about his newly baptized Christians all around him. They are his joy and his crown. It's These are the reasons why he's a bishop, you see. He's bringing new people out of the darkness and into the wonderful light of membership in the church. And so they are all about him, and they are. Uh, he calls them his joy. 
Um, here, let's hear now uh, part of the sermon that he gives to the Infantes on Dominica de Albis many centuries ago. I speak to you who have just been reborn in baptism, my little children in Christ, you who are the new offspring of the Church, gift of the Father, proof of Mother Church's fruitfulness. All of you who stand fast in the Lord are a holy seed, a new colony of bees, the very flower of our ministry and fruit of our toil, my joy and my crown. It is the words of the Apostle that I address to you. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh and its desires, so that you may be clothed with the life of him whom you have put on in this sacrament. You have all been clothed with Christ by your baptism in him, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. Such is the power of this sacrament. It is a sacrament of new life, which begins here and now with the forgiveness of all past sins, and will be brought to completion in the resurrection of the dead. You have been buried with Christ by baptism into death, in order that, as Christ has risen from the dead, you also may walk in newness of life. You are walking now by faith, still on pilgrimage in a mortal body away from the Lord. But he to whom your steps are directed is himself the sure and certain way for you, Jesus Christ, who for our sake became man. For all who fear him he has stored up abundant happiness, which he will reveal to those who hope in him, bringing it to completion when we have attained the reality which even now we possess in hope. This is the octave day of your new birth. Today is fulfilled in you the sign of faith that was prefigured in the Old Testament by the circumcision of the flesh on the eighth day after birth. When the Lord rose from the dead, he put off the mortality of the flesh, his ridden body was still the same body, but it was no longer subject to death. By his resurrection he consecrated Sunday, or the Lord's Day. Though the third after his passion, this day is the eighth after the Sabbath, and also thus the first day of the week. And so your own hope of resurrection, though not yet realized, is sure and certain because you have received the sacrament or sign of this reality, and have been given the pledge of the Spirit. 
If, then, you have risen with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your hearts on heavenly things, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, your life, appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. Si resurrexistis cum Christo, que sursum sunt sabite, ubi Christus est in dextra dei sedens. Que sursum sunt querite, non que superteram. Mortui enimestis, et vita vestra abscondita est cum Christo in Deo. Cum Christus appauerit, vita vestra, tunc et vos cum ipso aperibitis in gloria. So Friday the 13th worked out just fine because I was at the presentation for the Holy Father's new book. And uh, this is, it's right here in my hands, right here, and you can hear me flipping, flipping the pages. And um, <clears throat> the Italian edition is out, as is the German. Actually, they are go on sale on Monday the 16th, which is the Holy Father's birthday. But the English edition and some of the others are going to have to wait for a while. Now, it's really nothing new to have a, a book from a pope. Uh, the Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, he um, issued books too, and they were based, however, on interviews, or they might have been poetry, uh, they were biographical reflections and so forth. But what's really new about this book is that it's a work of theology by a sitting pope, not just an interview or biographical reflection or poetry, right? And it is not even though it's a work of theology, it's not a contribution to the Pope's magisterium. And this was something that they were very careful to stress during the presentation of the book, that this is not a work of the magisterium of the Pope. Okay, This is uh, the work of a working theologian, and that is, it's really the work of Joseph Ratzinger, uh, rather than Benedict XVI, even though they are one and the same person. Now, uh, the Holy Father intends this book to be pastoral in the sense that it can reach and move uh, a large number of people, but it remains rigorously theological, so it's going to be very difficult for some people, but not completely out of their reach. And the Holy Father employs throughout uh, modern scientific methods, such as the famous or even infamous historical critical method, always recognizing, however, its limitations. And this is a real key for this book. In the preface, uh, Pope Benedict says that the problem with the historical critical method, and I think this is a wonderful explanation, is that 
the historical critical method, a scientific way of examining scripture verses and so forth, tends to leave the texts in the past only. But you see, the, the words of scripture are, are real and alive today. Christ is in the scripture, and since Christ is in it, the words are real and alive. They're not in the past. And the historical critical method, uh, when it's, the people who are using it are not terribly careful, tend to reduce texts to things that are dead. And so the Pope is uh, not looking at scripture as if it were just ancient literature, uh, literature or an abstraction to be studied and vivisected, but is a real living person, a divine person with whom one has a relationship. And uh, so you can see the Holy Father uh, is very, very careful to set out some parameters for himself, but also for the reader. And uh, there are several hundred pages here, um, 446 pages I'm counting here, including the index, and I'm going to have to get into it. I haven't read the book yet, but as I do, maybe I'll give you little reports on it. today it was absolutely beautiful the sun is out and shining and it was uh, lovely and warm with a little bit of breeze and i went to the to the mass of the holy father pope benedict celebrated in saint peter's square for uh, divine mercy sunday which is, and also in honor of his 80th birthday which is actually tomorrow and the crowds were very large and all over the world and you can imagine that there are many different uh, people who had come down from germany especially from bavaria and there was a, a bavarian band and there are many people with bavarian flags and german flags and they were very of course happy to see the pope and there were many many cardinals present and um people clergy had come from all over the world and uh, the holy father gave a very beautiful homily today in which he he, he, right at the outset, he said, you know, homily really isn't a place to talk about yourself. This is not an occasion to talk about himself. And nevertheless, it's still appropriate in this occasion uh, that he used some personal reflection. And so the homily was a beautiful balance of his personal life, always uh, looking back at it uh, as if it is a gift that God has given and he uses a couple of images in the homilies. You'll have, I'm sure you'll have a, a chance to, to uh, read the text on your own. But when you do so, note uh, in particular how he talks about uh, his family and also about the shadow of Peter. This is really quite interesting. You'll remember in, in, uh, in Scripture how people in Jerusalem would put the, all of their sick out uh, in the road, in the, in the square, uh, hoping that as Peter passed, his shadow would pass over them and they would be cured. And so the Holy Father talks about the healing shadow of Peter, always keeping mind that if it's the shadow of Peter, it's always the light of Christ, which is what's really powerful. And uh, it's as if the light of Christ is, in a sense, mixed with 
Peter's weakness, which is really a lovely image. And then he talks about his family and how he taught, how he learned about paternity from his father and how he learned about maternity was from his mother and how important that was for to be a, both a refuge for him and something that freed him. And he talked about the importance of his brother and his sister. But he also includes in the embrace of his family all of the Christian people. Uh, all of the members of the church, the being all one family, it was it was quite lovely, and uh, Christ, he also reminds us, was himself wounded, and uh, and weakened, and took our wounds and weakness into heaven with him, and when we are feeling our weakness and and struggling in our daily problems we must always remember how god is with us it was a very beautiful homily and we all wish our wonderful holy father pope benedict the 16th the vicar of christ successor of peter good health and long life that are going to be coming in the translation. Maybe I'll talk about that in a future podcast as well. But come on over and visit us. I also have a page there um, where I talk about the Holy Father's book and maybe how to read it more fruitfully, What you know, how Joseph Ratzinger works as a theologian, which can give you an insight as you're turning those dense pages. And it also uh, presents a link there that you can use if you want to pre-order the book. You might want to do that so that you can have the book uh, when it comes out. God bless you. I hope your Easter tide has been very joyful and fruitful and that your Easter and continuing all the way to the octave has been absolutely wonderful. Bye-bye now. Oh, 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 oh,